This is the Joe and Amber podcast. A little update for America today. My face was not swollen this morning on first take, and I successfully worked out this afternoon nice. without smashing my face. Nice. There was no swelling at all? No, there wasn't. Now, it hurts, and it my lip on the inside is split, but you can't see it, so nobody knew. The things we do for TV. There you go. That's, hey, that's if no one sees it, you play through that pain. Great job, Amber Wilson. And it's not easy being up there with Mad Dog. You did a tremendous job today. You should feel very good about that. The man Thank tries to you. steal the stage everywhere he goes. <laughs> Complete lunatic. Appears to be just a standard human being who is off his meds. Get him back on his meds. Story for another day. You did a great job. I had so much fun on First Take with him. I had so much fun doing that show with Chris Russo. He is an absolute legend. But more than that, because, of course, he's a legend in this business. All of us radio nerds grew up, uh, you know, idolizing Chris Russo. But more than that, I learned his tricks today. He he does all this movement. It's like all this physical movement. So all of a sudden, you're discombobulated, and you don't know what's right from wrong. That's how he wins his arguments. He goes, he gets closer to the camera, and then he just starts screaming. And all of a sudden, you don't even know what he's saying. It just sounds right, because you're so discombobulated with the theatrics of it all. There's a term for it. Do you know what it's called? What? Schizophrenia. <laughs> It's called schizophrenia. That's what he is up there doing. That's what he deploys on a daily basis, and it works quite well for him. Hey, Mad Dog, if you're listening, we love you. We're just kidding we around. We are just kidding around. A heck of a career so far from Mad Dog. Man. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Find him on social at Joe Fortbike. And find me as well at Amber W Sports. One thing that we discuss every single day on First Take, it feels like, is the New York Jets. When you have Aaron Rodgers on your team and now Dalvin Cook, and when you go from a seven-win team to Super Bowl expectations overnight, plus there's HBO around you at all times on Hard Knocks, everyone's going to be talking about you at all times as well. But one of the things that we've also been talking about when it comes to this team, Joe, is the weakness on this team, which to me is so very obviously this O-line. But in the famous words from 2014 of the quarterback of the now New York Jets, he once said, R-E-L-A-X, relax. Aaron Rodgers is trying to tell us all to relax about that O-line as well. He says they just need to develop chemistry. Here's the Jets quarterback. Oh, I thought we played a lot better up front today. So missing Dwayne, Lakin in practice today. We had Joe at, uh, doing some center stuff yesterday. So it's a work in progress. I feel like it was Rich maybe asked a question about the continuity of the guys playing together. And I was thinking maybe we'd start to figure some stuff out. Obviously, it hasn't happened yet. There's jobs up for grabs. That's the beauty in camp, but also the struggle is in talking with you know a couple of the guys. We just need some continuity at some point so guys can feel comfortable playing together. Maybe that's the end of next week. Maybe it's the, the week that we have in between the season. Uh, in the last preseason game, but jobs are up for grabs. Those comments came, Joe, after the joint practice that they had with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It was 10 dropbacks in a span of 10 dropbacks that Bucks front six sacks there. That O-line looked atrocious. It was a joint practice, okay? It was just practice. We're talking about practice, but it was ugly. It was, and it's not a problem that is unique to the Jets. We saw it with the Texans and the Panthers in their preseason games. 
the defense always comes together quicker than the offense. Because on defense, if you can't remember your assignment, just fly to the football and try to make a play. If one thing breaks down on offense, it's a house of cards. It all comes tumbling down due to the timing and precision necessary from all 11 guys that are on the field. So this time of year, we tend to see things like this. The good news for the Jets, they're well aware of what their problem is. They're all well aware of what it is, and that's the first step towards trying to fix it or to at least put a Band-Aid on it and find a way to live with this issue. But it is an issue, and for those who don't think it is, here's one of the most rudimentary ways we can go about it. I'm going to read to you the top five teams from last year in terms of sacks allowed. Tell me which of these teams was really impressive to you last year. The Denver Broncos, the Indianapolis Colts, the Los Angeles Rams, the Chicago Bears, the New York Giants. Oof. Okay. Giants made the I mean, the, the Giants were, yeah, the Giants yeah. Were, were, I would say, impressive because they were better than yeah. we expected. Yeah. After the Giants, it was the Titans and the Commanders. So you see what's happening here. You mm-hmm. give up a lot of sacks. It tends to translate to a poor performance. Now, let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Here are the teams that gave up the fewest amount of sacks last season. Tampa Bay went to the playoffs, won their division. Detroit, winning record. Kansas City, won the Super Bowl. Dallas Cowboys, won 12 games. Jacksonville Jaguars won the division, won a playoff game. San Francisco 49ers went to the NFC Championship game. Again, very rudimentary, but it is a way of illustrating if you go through history, it's like this every single year. You give up a lot of sacks, you're not going to win a lot of games. The risk of injury is high. The risk of failure per play is high. You're not going to be able to sustain drives this way. If you don't give up many sacks and your quarterback can figure out how to extend plays, things of that nature, you have a better chance of success. It's relatively simple. So that highlights right there what the Jets are facing. You can have all the shiny toys in the world. You can have a Hall of Fame quarterback and a great defense. If that offensive line is below average, you are not going to win the AFC. And that's what the Jets are out to do. If the Jets were just out to get a wild card spot, everything would be fine. But it's Super Bowl or bust. That's what happens when you bring in Aaron Rodgers. It's why I don't think that they're going to be a success because of where that bar has been set. And that O-line is the reason that I don't think that they can get there. We're not just talking about an O-line needing some chemistry. And we saw on that second episode of Hard Knocks, Coach Sala trying to motivate his O-line, right, to come together. Lots of expletives, yelling. It was very obviously directed at the offensive line. However, you can't motivate a broken line. I mean, this isn't just about these guys not wanting it bad enough or even needing the chemistry. It's also about the fact that this has been a very injured line, and this is an aging line. Dwayne Brown is 38 years old, Joe. He's coming off of a surgically repaired shoulder, which is why he's still not even available to practice with this team. We know what's happened there with Becton. This is a line that has a lot of problems and a lot of health problems, and the vets on this line have missed significant time. So I don't know how they fix that. And also, a thirty a thirty nine year old quarterback is playing behind that line. He's going to turn forty this year. Like that's a man you need to protect. Whatever we think about the greatness still of Aaron Rodgers, however well he's still playing, he's about to be forty years old. It's not going to be as quick. It's not going to be as nimble. And you're going to need some protection in front of him. You saw it last year. Look at the production last year. Way down. Way down. Now, there's a lot you can talk about. Devontae Adams was no longer with him. Okay, he's getting a little older. Green Bay wasn't as good. There's several factors that you can point to for the reason that Rodgers' production was in decline last season. But at the same time, you can also point to the fact that he's getting older. That doesn't mean he's not capable of going out there and winning games. The guy can still ball, and we're going to see that this year. But 
when you factor in the sum of all the parts, right? 39-year-old quarterback turning 40 in December, shaky offensive line. If he goes down, it's over. If one of your half-decent offensive linemen goes down, it's going to be a problem. I don't know if this team has a fix out there. I don't know if there's someone to trade for or someone to sign. If this was a few years ago when Trent Williams was really unhappy in Washington, boom, you've got the cap space. You make the move to bring Trent Williams to town, but he isn't out there right now. So watching the Jets and how they move forward, we can talk about Rodgers and Salah and the defense all they want. The story is, should be, and will continue to be the offensive line. I mean, he was out there. The Bengals got him, right? Like that was the big splash in terms of bringing in an O-lineman through free agency this offseason. The Jets aren't going to have that opportunity now. And boy, are they missing pieces. Just in that joint practice with the Bucks, where there were six sacks and ten dropbacks, they didn't have Tomlinson because of a leg, Vera Tucker because of an ankle, and again, they didn't have Dwayne Brown because of that shoulder. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh with you. Which quarterback with a new coordinator play caller is in the best situation? ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Help people affected by the Hawaii wildfighters fires donate redcross.org slash ESPN. That is red dot red cross. I, I can talk. I promise red cross. <laughs> this is important too. Like this is it not is. the read to be messing up. Let me try again. The Hawaii wildfires help those people. Please donate redcross.org slash ESPN to help the red cross respond and to help people recover. Nailed it. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh, ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Joe, I don't know if you've heard, but I'm on first take this week. Okay. Yeah, very much very, so. I've, very, not very only have I heard, I've seen, more importantly. <laughs> uh, well, thank you. Thank you for tuning in. 
And one of the topics that we talked about today I thought was really, really interesting. So I wanted to get your take on this because I think this could be argued several different ways. One of the topics that we had today was out of the quarterbacks that have a new OC, who is in the best position? And those names include Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, and Justin Herbert. For me, I could argue it with Lamar, which is who I went with on the show. I could argue it with Jalen. I could argue it with Justin Herbert. Maybe not so much Dak. Oh, that's where you're going to let off. Yeah, you're just going to go ahead and argue all of them. No, and then I that's... wasn't. Well, I wasn't going to. I, I would. I wasn't going to get into it until you chose somebody, and then you know, and then I'll, I'll tell you why you're wrong. And, and 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 by the way, the fact that this is being regurgitated from first take. So what is this? <laughs> is this sloppy take? Is that what yes, this is? Yes. I get the opportunity for the sloppy leftover take from this morning yeah, to go welcome. ahead and clean this up. Uh, okay, there are some really good options here. I'll take Herbert. Okay, I'll take Justin Herbert. I, I the the system. This kid has a world of potential, and it seems like at every turn, his coaching staffs are trying to screw things up for him. It happened in his final year at Oregon under uh, Mario Cristobal, where like all of a sudden he went from being this absolute stud of a quarterback to people thinking, you know what, he might not be that great. There looked to be some issues there. And Tua was drafted ahead of him. And so was Joe Burrow, which, you know, that's not a surprise. Joe Burrow's awesome and was awesome coming out of LSU. But we kind of forgot about Herbert. He falls to the Chargers. Then he turns out to be awesome. Like, Oregon just mismanaged him at the end. Then he gets Joe Lombardo as his uh, offensive coordinator last year. This Some of the stupid play calling with, like, these checkdowns to Austin Eckler on 3rd and 12. So much of this stuff didn't make sense. Now you bring Kellen Moore in. You're moving Mike Williams more into the slot. You're moving Keenan Allen back outside. It seems like they're going to have their personnel aligned better. They have a smarter play caller, a better play designer. I think Herbert's a guy who can really hit another level. We've seen him at a level that tells us, yeah, he's a franchise quarterback who's worth the money. But is he a potential MVP guy one day? Is he a potential Super Bowl winner one day? I think we'll start to see some of that this year. We already know what Lamar can do. Lamar's passing game is going to be elevated, of course, and he's going to benefit greatly from Todd Monken. But I think Herbert stands to benefit more to answer your question. Okay, I agree that Justin Herbert stands to benefit a ton from the presence of Kellen Moore. And with Justin Herbert, you're talking about a quarterback that already has showed us, statistically speaking, that he is elite. I mean, he has set NFL records here through the first few years of his career. The problem is he hasn't done any of that in the win-loss column. And that's really where you need that Chargers team to improve. Does Kellen Moore get that done? I have a hard time because, yes, although I do think Herbert will be better with Kellen Moore and that offense generally will be better, it's still Brandon Staley at the top. And I question whether I believe that head coach is going to be able to get them to true postseason success. So a guy who I think is going to take a step... But the real step that he needs to take is in that win-loss column and in terms of the postseason. I went with Lamar because of the quarterback that I've seen these years from Lamar Jackson and the guy I know he can be. And that guy is a unanimous NFL MVP. And if he can get back to that 2019 Lamar, he's been good, of course, under Greg Roman for many years. But that ground-and-pound approach, that run-first approach from Roman, that did bring a lot of success there in Baltimore, didn't bring the postseason success that we all expected from that team 
considering the talent on that team. So now you maybe get them over the hump with that Todd Munkin approach, which is going to be a much more exciting offense, a high-flying offense. Yes, Lamar is learning an entirely new playbook in that scenario, but he's also getting a lot of deference from Munkin, and he's able to design plays. I think he's going to benefit from that relationship, from that deference, from having this skill set. We know he's a dual-threat quarterback, from being able to utilize some of that high-flying skill set that we didn't get to see under the Roman approach. And then most importantly, the reason I went with Todd Munkin and Lamar here was because it seems like the presence of Munkin, and maybe it was a Lamar contract as well, but the mere presence of Munkin encouraged the Ravens to actually go get weapons around Lamar, which is something that we've been asking them to do for years. So Todd Munkin gets them to go sign OBJ, right? And Nelson Aguilar. And I understand that there's issues there and those guys aren't in their primes necessarily anymore, but vet weapons there. And then he, they draft Zay Flowers. And I think that is going to pay dividends. So I think Lamar is going to end up being the guy who benefits the most for those reasons. So I think we're, we're kind of aligned here. We're just phrasing it a little differently. Here's another way to look at this that I think is in line with what you're trying to say. I think the individual quarterback who stands to benefit more is Herbert, but I think the team that stands to benefit more is Baltimore. I think if Monken takes Lamar Jackson's passing game to the next level, he doesn't have to go that far to be a very good quarterback. He's already a very good quarterback. But if the passing gets more efficient, more versatile, more consistent, I think Baltimore all of a sudden becomes I won't say the favorite in the AFC, but I think they're right there. I think we always talk about this big three of Kansas City, Cincinnati, and Buffalo. Mm -hmm. I think Baltimore joins that top four and possibly moves ahead of Cincinnati because he stays healthy with everything they've got. That team has the potential to unlock its greatness. I think in, in L.A., Kellen Moore can make Justin Herbert and the offense better, but they've still got issues with Brandon Staley as the head coach Mm -hmm. and his game management and a defense last year. That was not a good unit that suffers tons of injuries year after year and spent no money to address anything on that side of the ball. So if that doesn't get any better, it doesn't matter how great Herbert is. They're not going to be able to get the necessary stops they need to win in the postseason. And how is it going to go with Kellen Moore and with Brandon Staley? Like if Staley wants to go for it on fourth down because the analytics tell him to do that, is Kellen Moore going to be able to overrule him in that situation? If no, he feels like, the, right? I mean, no, that'll be Staley. Staley, if he's smart, when you get to a situation where a fourth down might be a, a green light, you go to Kellen Moore before third down and you say, hey, you've got two. Mm-hmm. You let him know he's got two so he can play call properly. That way you're calling your third down play in mind for fourth down. So some guys, it might be third and six. They might throw. It might go incomplete. They punt. If it's third and six and you know you're going forward on fourth, you might run a draw, try to pick up four yards, and then run the line of scrimmage and convert fourth and two, fourth and one. Harry Douglas on first take with me today, he argued Jalen Hurts. And I was vehemently against that argument just because – Although Jalen may be in the best position generally, because we're talking about the team that was just in the Super Bowl, I don't think they. Be- I don't think he benefits. I don't think the Eagles benefit from this change at OC. It's not. It's not the offense that I think is going to benefit there from a change at coordinator. Maybe that defense will, Joe. But offensively, I don't think they needed a change at coordinator. They had to make one. Well, the thing with Baltimore and the Chargers is they got rid of bad offensive coordinators, and they brought in guys that bring more optimism to the table. The Eagles lost their offensive coordinator, who became the head coach of the Colts. So it's not like the Eagles said, oh, we've got a problem here, we need to upgrade. That's what the Chargers and Ravens did. The the, the Eagles just had to find a new replacement. I I can only see it going down. I mean, how much higher and how much better can Hurts play based on what we saw last year? He was already awesome. 
And in terms of Dak, I mean, he's not going to make the list for me because he's got Mike McCarthy calling plays for him now in games. And Kellen Moore, it seems like, was a if very If you're on good first take now, that he better make the list for you. If you're going to be on first take every day, oh, Dak Prescott true. better be on your list. Well, Stephen A's off this week. so we'll Someone's got to fill Cowboys. in. This is America's team. You do always have to talk Cowboys on first take. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. New little game here on Joe and Amber. Right before the end of Joe and Amber. (laughs) But we've got a new little game. I'm actually excited about this game. Favorites versus the field. So we are going to run through the favorites based on the betting odds in each division in the NFL. And Joe and I are going to be able to decide if we're taking the favorite in that division or if we're taking the field in that division to win the division. James Steele is going to help us out with this one. Hello, James. Hi. Uh, yeah, so we're just, we're just going to start with the, the best team and, and uh, the most important division. Way right to ruin the, the set right out of the I gate. I mean, just uh, out of the gate. I mean, who, can, who let him have the mic? Uh, you know, we should have seen the one, this coming. I, you're the one who uh, told me to talk. So uh, <laughs> the Chiefs are obviously... Obviously, the favorites to win the AFC West, followed by the Chargers second, the Broncos third, and the Raiders last because they're terrible. Uh, So, favorite versus the field. Who do you got, Joe? Favorite. I want to pick the field here. If I thought someone other than the Chargers was formidable to make a challenge, I'd probably go field. I don't have much faith in the Raiders, and I had faith in the Broncos, and that's gone. And I don't care if people call it an overreaction. What I saw in preseason game one from Russell Wilson makes me think it's not going to be any better. The guy is too thick and too slow. He should lose some weight and pick up some mobility so he can get back to what made him great in Seattle. But now he's just this like lumbering. It's like Donovan McNabb at the end of his career. He's just lumbering, and he can't move anymore, and it's going to end up killing them. So the Chargers are the only formidable threat, and there's no way I'm taking Brandon Staley over Andy Reid, so I'll go favorite. I still think the Broncos are going to be better. Look at how Russell Wilson finished his time in that game. It was how he finished, not how yeah. he started in that preseason <laughs> game. I also think Sean Payton's not going to show us anything. It's going to be a vanilla offense in the preseason anyways, so the preseason doesn't scare me. I think the Broncos will be better. However, not good enough. Not good enough to win this division. The Chargers also a team that I think will be far more competitive But they ain't the Kansas City Chiefs. I have a very hard time making a case here for the field. It's still KC. Unfortunately, I have to make James happy with this one. Yeah, that was the uh, only division with a correct answer. And you guys passed the (laughs) test. 
Yeah. <laughs> right on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on to the other coast, the uh, AFC East. The overrated Buffalo Bills are the favorites to win the uh, East. Followed That's by the, not an objective. What? what? Did I say something? Uh, followed by the Jets in second, the Dolphins in third, and the Patriots in fourth. Amber, uh, I'm sure we're going to be shocked uh, by what you say. Favorites versus the field? Uh, Who you got, Amber? I think you actually are going to be shocked because you think I'm going to take the field because of my Miami Dolphins. And by the way, these odds are egregious, the fact that the Dolphins are behind the Jets here in these odds. However, I actually do still think it's Buffalo's division to lose. I think people are sleeping on Buffalo for some reason, thinking they're going to take this big step back. It's the Jets that got a little bit better, but Buffalo didn't get a lot bit worse. So I don't know what we're doing with that. I'd still take the Bills as the favorite here over the field, Joe. And that's, a, Buffalo, that's from a Dolphins fan. Just to make sure I heard this correctly, Buffalo didn't get a lot bit worse. Yeah. It was a play on that's words. That's what she said. Yeah, I said it got I a little it. bit better, a lot bit yeah. worse. God help us, the state of Florida. God help us. Um, okay, I love the state of Florida, by the way, so I like the jokes. Um, I am going to take the field here. I think Amber makes a good point. The Bills, no one's the Bills are the second favorites to win the AFC, and no one's talking about them this year. It kind of feels like as everyone goes to sleep on a team like that, that's when they wake up and they punch you in the face. Kind of like the Virginia Cavaliers that year they lost as a one seed in March Madness and then came back the next year and won the whole thing. Like everyone was sleeping on them. They were a good team. So I could see it happening, but I'm going to get the Jets here. Yep, there's problems with the offensive line. I think Miami's got the most upside of any team in the division. Tua's got to stay healthy, obviously, and if he gets hurt, I'm going down. But if he stays healthy, the upside in the ceiling for this team is phenomenal. So if you're going to give me the Jets and the Dolphins, I'll take a shot because maybe there is something lurking with Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, and the rest of that team. I don't know. I'll take the field here. I'm, I'm disappointed you didn't go full in on your Dolphin stuff. I uh, can be an objective mm, pseudo-journalist right. slash broadcaster, unlike you, James you are You are as objective as I am. Uh, so we have this thing in the, in the screening room where uh, people put hot takes up on the wall, mm-hmm. and if they come true, they go on one side of the room. If they are bad takes, end up being bad takes, they go on the other side of the room. I put one up, my first one up there, uh, and it was the Mills will miss the playoffs this year. That's what, what I think. Yep. That's a terrible take. You and Carlin. Carlin threw that out there, yeah. too. We had to shovel that pile smart of you-know-what off the Bills are going to miss the playoffs. What, what are we doing? I just, listen, uh, it's, not for, it's not for easy takes in the screening room. It's for hot Fair. takes. All right, uh, so let's go to the AFC Wrong South. Wrong takes is what it should be called. All right, calm down, Dolphin fan. Uh, so we're going to go to the AFC South. The Jaguars are the favorites to win the South, followed by the Titans at number two, the Colts at number three, and the Houston Texans uh, at number four, Joe, uh, favorite Tristan Field, who you got in the AFC South? Favorite. The, the field stinks. The Titans, the, I love Mike Vrabel as a coach, but he's got nothing to work with. He's a great chef with lousy ingredients. The Colts have a rookie head coach, a rookie quarterback, a questionable offensive line, a below average defense from last year, a Jonathan Taylor holdout. There's not a whole lot to get excited about there. And then Houston, rookie head coach, rookie quarterback, bad O-line, questionable weapons, below average defense. I mean, Houston's win total is six and a half. They're not winning seven games this year. That's a bet. Bet the under on the win total, but that's for a different segment. Jaguars, I'll take the favorites. Take Houston out of this conversation. They're not even trying to win yet. They're in rebuild mode still, and they're going to take their time there under D'Amico Ryans. I I have a hard time with this one because I think the Titans are better than Joe thinks the Titans are. And 
then, then that's really it. I, I'm trying to. I want to make. A, I really want to make an argument here for Indy, but it's too soon for Indianapolis. Even though I think Anthony Richardson's going to surprise some people. So for me, this conversation basically comes down to: Do I think the Titans can do it over the Jags? And yes, I think they can, but I'm not so confident in it that I would put my money there. I'd still probably keep my money on the Jags. So, uh, so I'll pro- I'll take the favorite, but I don't feel great about it because the field includes the Titans, and I could easily see Tennessee winning that division. I genuinely could. So didn't take the Dolphins, and nothing to say about Anthony Richardson. I'm very disappointed in you today. Go Gators! So That's what I have to First say. First takes about rubbing Richardson. off on her. This yeah. is like classic trolling right here. What's is going what it on? Feels like. All right. So uh, now we'll do the AFC North. The Bengals are the favorites to win the North, uh, followed by the Ravens at two, the Browns at three. And the Steelers at four. This is the closest division that I've looked at so far today. Uh, Amber, favorite versus the field. I will take AFC the fe- North. I will take the field here. I still think the Bengals end up winning this division, but also I think the Ravens are going to be very, very good if they can stay healthy. Would not surprise me at all if they end up surpassing Cincinnati for the Ravens. I think it comes down to health, and I'm excited to see what that Todd Munkin offense looks like. The Cleveland Browns are a team that could be significantly better this season. Deshaun Watson has looked great so far in the preseason, and even the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't have high hopes. I still expect them to finish last in that division, but Kenny Pickett looked good at the end of the season, and I still think they have the best coach in the NFL. This is a stacked division, so I'll take the field. I'm sorry. Just to be clear, you think the Bengals win the division, but you're taking the field. Yes, because it's too close. I mean, if you ask me who's winning this division, I'm still going to Did say Did we fail Cincinnati. to explain the game properly? No, it's, She's it's the one where who it, it. When you put your money I, where true. your mouth she is. That's true. She explained the rules. When you put your money where your mouth is, your mouth starts sounding differently. Okay? With my money, I'm going the field, Joe. I feel like it's the smarter play overall, even if I think that the Bengals might win that division. I feel like Johnny Depp. <laughs> playing Hunter S. Thompson in that scene where he tries to walk into Circus Circus after taking a ton of drugs and he can't even walk. <laughs> That's what I feel like right now because I don't know what the hell to make Here's of Here's what, I just, what I just did. I can't be wrong. That's what I just did because I Oof. just managed to take the Bengals True. and the entire field. There is no way that Amber Wilson loses this conversation. And let's also point out that we just cut the music before I even have a chance to talk. We're just done. Segment is over. We're all moving on. No one even cares. Yeah, no, I know what's going I on. Did, back there, I did Harry. such an excellent job with it. Harry was like, "Why do we need to hear from Joe?" She literally covered every possible aspect. Exactly. Uh, very quickly, I will take the field because I believe the Ravens win the division. I believe Cincinnati will be down this year, just a bit. Still going to be formidable, and I also think Cleveland is the surprise sleeper of the NFL this season. So, with those two plus a coach in Mike Tomlin, who's never had a losing season, I think of all the bets, the field is probably the best in the AFC North. Exactly what I said. Yeah, we <laughs> we're, agree. We're lockstep. We. We are. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Take the field. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Uh, Coming up next, we're going to do some things, and I'm going to be right about them because I'm just going to choose everything. That's next. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. And what I'm hearing is music. That reminds me of a movie that apparently Joe Fortenbaugh has never seen. You know this song, though, right, Joe? Um, yes, I do. I'm familiar with the song. 
Yeah, I, I don't know the lyrics. I wouldn't be able to sing along. I'm familiar with the song, yes. But you have never seen the movie Lion King. I haven't. And this is like one of the all-time things. Like, a human being hasn't seen a popular movie. And then just the the visceral reaction of all the people in the room. Oh, my God. How have you never seen this movie? I just, I never got around to it. I think we all have a few marquee movies we've probably never seen. It's what happens when you're out living life. You just don't have a time to see every single movie. I never came across The Lion King. It's not some sort of personal protest or anything like that. If anyone's thinking that there's some sort of agenda here, I just never got around to it. What were and you doing that was so interesting in 1994 that you could out? fire up The Lion King? Yes. So 1994, I was born in 80, so I would have been 13, getting ready to turn 14 at some point. So yeah, I probably had, I was probably trying to get things done. I imagine there were some things I was trying. I'm not saying I wasn't getting any of those things done, but I was trying. I can also assure you I was, I was not achieving. I was, I was 12, uh, and I... Very much saw The Lion King at the time. I think I've seen The Lion King probably several times since. Now, your kids, you have children. Yeah. Are they at some point going to be exposed to The Lion King? I'm guessing it's a movie your wife has seen. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to get there. They've seen we we've introduced them to a lot of the classics from Disney. We've introduced them to a lot of the stuff that's out there. It's not as if they're being you know it's being withheld from them. Um, but they're bigger on some of the stuff that's more recent. Encanto, I believe, is one of them. Um, Up, I don't know. Car, they love the Car series with Owen Wilson. That's fantastic. Uh, the damn Moana, like that. I'll tell you what. If The Rock Moana. wasn't doing the voice there, I I, I that has been now. It's great. It's just on too often. That's the problem. It is on too often. I can only, only do so much with that. So, Moana is the best Disney movie of all time. Everyone, that's my hot take. everyone tells that's, me that's that Moana is so think? good. I've never, I've never seen Moana. But oh that's, my god! Wait that's a minute, you've same. never I'm seen Moana? I'm not. What are you a loser? The same thing as not seeing Lion King. I have no, seen. parts. It's actually worse because you have a child who would love it. How well, old no, is your son? So that's the thing. I've seen parts, but my son, he's four, and he's not into movies. I, I like he's into the cars. The, like, he thinks he's into Cars the movie, but when I've actually fired up Cars the movie, he'll watch five minutes of it and then lose interest. He's not a big movie kind of kid. Okay. Well, I mean, he'll get there. He'll get there. They're kids. Right. It's, it's, like, one thing I've learned parenting, I got six and four. I'm not trying to heap anything onto them. I am. I like to say I'm a resource. I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. You let me know what you need. Except for not we'll, for Lion King. You're not we'll a resource that. for that. If they want to see Lion King, I will put on Lion King, Amber. It is not the type of thing that I am holding anyone back from. I have not gotten around to it. The- have you seen my schedule? We just <laughs> talked in the break about not the a, idiotic text messages I'm responding to all day long. I The movie that everyone has seen that I have not seen is Jurassic Park. I have never seen Jesus Jurassic Park, Christ any day. of the Jurassic Parks. That's Just the movie. Just turn her microphone. It's oh, oh, okay. So now that's egregious. Yeah, I haven't seen the Jurassic insane. Park. Like that's Lion nuts. King's reasonable, but Jurassic Park Lion is Lion King nuts. is not a franchise that has been around for four decades. You didn't stumble into any of the Jurassic Parks? No, I have not seen a single Jurassic Park movie. They just like recently put out three new ones. 
Uh, really? We're still making Jurassic Parks? Oh, my God. Didn't oh we do God. the thing? We, like, brought back the dinosaurs, and then they killed people, right? We realized it was a bad idea in the first one. Why did we need to make they more were, Jurassic uh, Parks? First of all, was, all of them were bad ideas. Yeah. And, and we, what, we, what, we, what we learned that they failed to learn was that everything was a bad idea in their mind. It always starts with something that looks good, and it all ends poorly. But, yeah, what are there, like seven of these? There's the three original, and then they wow. came back, and they, what, did three more? It's like, it's like, like Fast that. and yeah. Furious, but with dinosaurs. There's nothing like Fast and Furious. That is, I am still staggered by what that movie has achieved over the last, I don't even know how many years it is. And have you ever noticed been like that when years. you go that to a spanning. Fast and the Furious movie, if you see it in the theaters... And you walk outside afterwards, every idiot in a Honda Accord thinks they can go 95 <laughs> mile an hour and Tokyo drift their way out of the parking lot. It is a absolute death zone when you come out of the theater having that. seen a Fast and Furious. Life. Every moron jumps in their four cylinder and thinks they're going to hit some nitro boost. It is terrible. It's absolutely terrible. But the movies themselves are, are fairly entertaining. Yeah, actually. I mean, the original was great. James, what's the movie that everyone has seen that you haven't seen? I, I've never... I think it's Titanic. I've never seen Titanic. What? At least not in its entirety. Like, I'm not yeah. seen, Spoilers! Hot take. Yeah. Hot I mean, take. Titanic? A little overrated. Yeah, overrated see, that's that what, I mean, I know what's going to happen. So. I got mono at Titanic. Titanic was awesome. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Okay. We know what you were doing All at right. Titanic. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, spoiler. You were spoiler. achieving what you couldn't achieve with Lion King. Yeah. Spoiler, we were just sharing a soda. That's how I got it. Wow. I didn't even hook up. Wow, that's yeah. disappointing if that's it's, the way. It was pretty brutal. To, get, to go down with mono and get knocked out of school for that long and to not have actually had the fun part of what leads to mono, uh, it's an all-around bad beat. It's you, an all-time. You got to tell people that you got it the fun way. Harry Black, is there a movie that everyone's seen that you haven't seen? I actually just looked at a list online of top movies everyone has seen, and I saw every single one except for number one, which was Die Hard. I've never seen all of Die Hard. Oh wow! Well, you're young though. Die Hard was before your time. Do I'm not, not surprised by that. Make but... an excuse for that at all? Yeah, it's a good movie too. I Do bo- not make an excuse for that, at- Harry. How old are you? Twenty eight. Do you have blood running through your veins? <laughs> Yes, I and, do. And my follow up to that: Are you an American? And do you do you, do you, do you uh, what? You've never even been like I'm. I'm 42. I'm not really necessarily intrigued to see Lion King a, right now. You're not intrigued time. to see. Do you know that there's no action genre without Die Hard? It is the very first action movie. I don't like Christmas movies. You don't like Christmas no, movies. No, we don't, don't know don't if fall it's a Christmas mar- Don't movie. fall you into this trap. You have to see it to decide. And by the way, it's not this a Christmas This is a trap. Movie. This is a classic sports talk radio trap here. Someone using Die Hard as a way to have the is it or is it not a Christmas movie. That is a young man's game, that argument. Do not get yanked into that. Also, okay, okay. just because a movie has Christmas in it does not make it a Christmas movie. If you want Christmas movies, you, fo- you fire up the Hallmark Channel. Any month of the year. All I got to say. No one here is going to agree with that. It's never not. You can agree with the fact that it is never not Christmas on the Hallmark Channel. If you have ever even just walked by a television with a Hallmark Channel, it is July and it is Christmas on the Hallmark Channel. It is August. It is Christmas on the Hallmark Channel. It doesn't matter what month of the year. It's always my, my wife is family. from a town where Hallmark shoots a lot of these movies. Oh, she's it has one like what, the quint- northeast small town. Yeah, it's got the yep. quintessential cobblestone Main Street. So they're always yep. shooting always. Hallmark movies in her town. Every Hallmark movie is the same. Every single one. It's the same recipe. And frankly, it always works. It's always the 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 woman moves back to the hometown. 
and she falls in love with the hometown guy, the guy that she knew in high school. You is know, it like the Reese Witherspoon movie? Oh, 100%. With the guy who does the, Sweet the Home, Alabama. Home Depot voice? Oh, so good. Such a good movie, Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. That's the guy who does the Home Depot voice, right? The beginning Get of that movie, done. is it? I don't know anything about the Home Depot voice. but she. You go to Home Depot all the time. Yes, but I don't know who's advertising or who does the voice for the commercials. That movie, I know, a, because Reese Witherspoon starts out living in New York City. In that movie, she's in New York City, if you've never seen it, and she is getting proposed to in the most epic fashion that probably any woman can imagine, which is this guy who's clearly loaded. He shuts down Tiffany on Fifth Avenue, and he says, pick one. And she's supposed to just pick an engagement ring, and she leaves that for the dude who she was with in high school in her in Podunk town in, in Bama who makes glass for a living. We see where Amber's priorities lie. Though, I'm just here. saying. Uh, you know, Amber's like, I didn't care if it was a mule a who was offering me that diamond ring. I was in. That is so not Jeez. true, but at the same time, Ooh, maybe That's not the colors. best financial so decision on her part. That's all I'm saying. Be smart, ladies. Joe and Amber, the podcast.